climate and sustainability. And good afternoon to you, Kevin James. All the best for the new year, my friend. Yes, Ernest. Happy New Year to you and your team as well. Eh? Let's have a, a bright green year this year. Let's see how it goes. Should oh, be a cracker. A- absolutely, it should be. Uh, let's get straight into it, uh, Kevin. Arctic explorer Eric Larson describes in his new book how different and more difficult Arctic uh, expeditions are uh, are becoming, rather, as a result of the uh, melting and thinning ice, uh, sea ice, that is, after reaching the pole for perhaps the third and uh, last time. Why is this? So, yeah, this is an interesting story, Ernest. Quite scary, and I have to say quite sad. Uh, Larson and his partner, Ryan Waters, they just, uh, in 2014, trekked 480 nautical miles to the North Pole, uh, believing that, also at the time, that he may be the last person to complete the journey. Uh, and he covers this in his book quite clearly, with a book called One Thin, uh, sorry, On Thin Ice, An Epic Final Quest into the Melting Arctic. Mm. Now, for the listener's benefit, just so we understand what's happening there, there is no land mass in the North Pole, just millions of square miles of sea ice that is really shrinking each year, becoming smaller as a mass. And the thing with the Arctic expeditions, though, is it's not so much about the shrinking ice, but rather the depleted quality of the ice. So it used to be very thick, strong, multi-year ice, build-ups over years and years, but now it's thin, unpredictable new ice. And all of the ice that was previously held together is now spreading apart. So it's very difficult to navigate on feet and by sled. So when I say they trekked, I really do mean they skied, walked, and, and, and swam the distance because mm-hmm. they, they're firstly unsupported, so they're lugging all their supplies with them on sleds, walking on bobbing ice cubes, as he describes it, like it's in a cocktail, ice cubes in a cocktail, and often falling in the water in sub-zero temperatures. And they, take, they took about 53 days to make the journey. So what's happening at is that the, the more the ice melts, the more the ice melts, really. If, and what I mean by that is as sea ice melts, its reflective surface is replaced with dark ocean water, which then attracts more solar radiation and absorbs more heat, um, uh, which melts even more ice. Uh, so it's a, it's, a, it's a downward spiral, if you want to call it. Also, don't forget that the world's oceans, as we know, are warming as well, just like the rest of the planet, which is causing more melting. So the jury is out as to whether Ryan and Larson, who number 46 and 47th journey to the North Pole, happened in 2014, before that in 2010 as well. So they've been three times. So they've seen the depletion happen over the last six years. And well, in fact, it might be the last unsupported expedition is Sebastian Copeland, another Arctic explorer and photographer, is set to leave next month for his unsupported trek. And he's calling it the last great trek. So, Ernest, we spoke last year of the casualties to climate change, the Great Barrier Reef, which really isn't so great anymore. Mm -hmm. And now we're witnessing the last demise of the once pristine ice world wilderness. Uh, Ernest, the world is changing fast and, and, and we really do need to wake up because we're going to see more and more of this. Yeah, sadly so, uh, Kevin. And uh, this week, China, already the largest renewable energy producer in the world by far, announced that it has committed 2.5 trillion yuan, almost 300 billion pounds, clean, renewable power generation by 2020. This is huge. It is huge, and, it's it. and, and, and this commitment really marks a very positive start to 2070 for the global renewable energy sector, and in fact for stories like we just spoke about right now in actually getting things right. So a quick conversation for listeners' benefit. At a minimum, 250 
uh, 2.5 trillion won is, is, is 5 trillion rand. And we've got into the trillions in South Africa. The only thing we've seen is the, is the nuclear deal. So it gives us a com- kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. And this will be invested in solar, wind, and hydro. And by the end of 2020, may may even be more given the fast reduction in the cost of these technologies every year. So what are the drivers for this? Well, they are the largest renewable energy generators in the world. So they know it works. They've seen the economics and they've seen the improvement and the reduction in costs. They also know that the price of solar, it's, it's dropped 40% since 2010 with the solar panel prices remaining on an aggressive downward trajectory as the technology becomes more efficient and as the sector gains more critical mass and achieves much needed economies of scale, which uh, commitments like this will obviously contribute to. Another major driver besides the very obviously compelling economics is that CO2 emissions in China, due to their really ridiculous amount of coal that they burn, is so intense and is so tangible to the Chinese that almost 3,000 people die every day from lung disease, cancer or asthma or other lung-related or respiratory disease. In fact, this month, Beijing, so bad, has launched a new police force called the Smog Police, whose job it is to crack down on polluters such as open-air barbecues, garbage incineration, biomass burning, and even dust from the roads. Mm. So they plan 2 trillion rand on solar to 2020 will surely add to these economies of scale, as I mentioned, and will push the price down more. 1.4 trillion will be spent on wind energy, and another trillion on hydropower, and the rest on geothermal and even tidal power, which is very, very innovative. And wait for it, this investment will create more than 13 million jobs in the sector. So very interesting to see China fast becoming the green renewable energy revolutionaries of the world, while the next biggest polluter, as we know, the USA, is set to go backwards and regress under President-elect Trump's administration, who has vowed to not only make America great again, but to make fossil fuels great again as well. Uh, Yeah, well, a scary thought as we hit the year running, Kevin. And uh, looking forward, nice to have you back, first of all. Looking forward to our chat next Wednesday, same time. Likewise, Ernest. You have a good year, my friend. Alrighty, Kevin James from GCX Africa, regular guest on uh, the show, talking climate change and sustainability every Wednesdays.